Blog Talk Radio. This is Billy Jones, the author of Everyday Folks Books and the creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for tuning in this Sunday for another segment of BJ Speaks, an interview with. On this show, I interview everyday extraordinary individuals who are making things happen in their respective communities and or industries. And it is with your support that I'm able to do so week after week since January of this year. If you'd like to speak to me or my guest at any time, you're welcome to do so by calling in at 347-539-5372. Again, the call-in number is 347-539-5372. And if you'd like to email your questions, comments, or requests, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. I'd like to send a special shout-out to a few individuals. Last week was a very busy week for me in my, in my work, and I had the pleasure of working with Mentoring Tomorrow's Leaders, which is a professional, which is an organization of the Broward County Public Schools system. And it's a district program that targets high school boys and girls and provides them early connections to, um, to leadership and also mentorship opportunities. And with the, under the leadership of program manager Shirley Baker and Dr. Thompson, who is the district supervisor for student services for the school district, together we, Broward College and MTL Broward County Public Schools, brought in 345 high school boys and girls to Broward College for a day of engagement with senators, with lawyers, and other dignitaries of the community who gave of their time um, tirelessly and volunteer-based to engage in small communities with these students. And so all the great work, and it took weeks to get it together, it went off without a hitch. So congratulations to my colleagues, and thank you, MTL, for the continued partnership that we build. As well, this Sunday coming up, April 28th, is another segment of Journey into Passion with Anika S. I hope you had an opportunity to tune into her first show. It was definitely a winner. And props off out to my dear friend Anika for her amazing work. And if you're pursuing a, a new pathway in your life or, or exploring a new passion, you definitely want to tune in and call in or email in to speak to Anika. As well, on June 3rd, there will be another launch of a new show here on Everyday Folks Radio. It is titled A Daily Dose of K-Pop with SM and NAM and all of these, this, my glam girls, I call them, my glam squad of girls, and not, even though they're not glamming me up, but they're glamming up the, our understanding culturally of what is Korean pop and how it is now invading America. And so once, if not twice a month, they will be coming on with their show on Fridays to showcase some of the ins and outs and talk about what's happening in K-pop. As well, if you think about it, we're now creating here in Everyday Folks a weekend lineup. So on Fridays in June, starting select Fridays in June, you'll have a daily dose of K-pop. Saturdays, select Saturdays will be Journey into Passion, and Sundays weekly with me on BJ Speaks. So definitely you want to stay tuned with Everyday Folks for your weekend lineup. Today's guest is someone very special. And I have the privilege of interviewing him. And first, I'll read his bio. Philip Louisa, accountant, educator, and mentor, started in Dar, in Dar, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, where his parents were scientists. They relocated to Long Island, New York, when Philip was seven years old. His father was hired as a marine physicist professor at Stony Brook University. At a young age, Philip learned to adapt to a culture that was drastically different from his own. He, re- he went from being surrounded by people who looked and sounded like him to an environment where he was not only the first African any other kids had seen in Stony Brook, but also he was the first black kid that many of his American peers had come across. Later, after graduating from, the, from prestigious universities 
In starting a career in accounting, Philip realized that his true calling was far beyond the business industry. So after completing his degree, he relocated to South Florida, and here he is to discover it. Philip's story serves as a reminder that we can do anything we want if only we try. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm so pleased to welcome to the show Philip Louisa. Philip, how are you today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jones, for having me on the show. You are welcome, and I first say thank you always to all the guests because I know you have a busy schedule, and Sundays are family day, at least for me. So I do appreciate you <laughs> yes. spending your time, spending time with your everyday folks' family, too. So oh, Philip, it's an honor, it's I, an honor. You know, our, our, our story, how we met, is quite interesting. Um, a colleague of, a mutual colleague of ours connected us, um, and then here we are because you asked about some of the things that we, I started telling you about some of the things that I do. You share where you were at, and I thought the chemistry was great, and here we are for an interview. So I am really, really grateful to have you on the show. So my first wow. question to you is this. So you have, a, you, have, you have really impressive credentials. Let me say this. <laughs> Your credentials are impressive. You, went to, you, you have a bachelor's degree and a, and a master's degree. In what particular fields and for what institutions? Uh, yes, yeah, so I hold a bachelor's from the University of Buffalo in accounting, and then I decided it was too cold, so I moved to the University of Miami and got my MBA uh, in financial management. I also hold a CPA uh, in the state of New York and now Florida. I'm so impressed, and it's, it's impressive to see, especially in the accounting field. I always say this to yeah. accounting, accounting is its own language, would you say? Uh, yes, <laughs> it is. So why did you choose very, that field? Why did you choose accounting as a start? Um, I mean, I would love to say there was some kind of miraculous uh, understanding or something, but at the time, it, my aunt pulled up in a BMW one day, and I uh, I asked her in high school, I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm an accountant. And right then and there, I was like, okay. And that state of mind that I was in right then, I was like, that seems like a field I should go into. Seems like a steady mm-hmm. source of income. Uh, basically uh, an easy job to do. It didn't seem too difficult. Uh, she said all I had to do was pass this little exam called the CPA exam. Uh, so uh-huh. I took that on, and uh, I went about that. Um, but, of course, you know, going down the road, I learned that it was a lot more than that. Hmm. And how long have you been in the field? Um, I'm going on uh, 10 years now. Um, wow. Yeah, 10 years. It's been a while. Yeah, 10 years. And you know they always, they always, it is always said that you know it takes you three to five just to get it down and get a regimen going, and after that point you really are in the mastery level. So congratulations to you in that particular work. There's always work in accounting, would you say? Oh yes, there is always work in accounting. There's always opportunities out there for individuals who um, you know have a mind for detail-oriented work. So if this is something you're interested in, we are always open. Mm. So. So, Philip, I have a question. Who or what influences mm-hmm. you? Because you came from a family of scientists. Your family is well-educated, and especially a physicist, that's impressive, very impressive. So I know that in your, in your DNA, so to speak, education, an educational foundation was eminent. But what, who or what influenced you to, to be who you are today? Um. Well, it's it's funny you ask that. Um, the, my main, uh, I guess, early influence would be my father. Uh, he's the, uh, you know, marine physicist. Early on, he just encouraged us, uh, you know, to focus on learning, education, you know, coming from, my dad was an A straight student, you know, skipped, I don't know how many grades, um, was like the pillar of his academic peers. And he kind of brought that same kind of uh, mentality to our home. Um, I had the, my, my mom got me the Encyclopedia Britannica. My mom also and herself is a scientist. She's a, a marine uh, chemist. Uh, so having those two pillars kind of pushed me to always uh, strive as hard as possible when it comes especially to science and math. But uh, funny enough, I always had more of a passion for history. I'm not actually that big of a numbers person, even though I am in accounting. Um, I've always loved English. I've loved uh, history. Uh, especially uh, theology, philosophy. Those are things that have always fascinated me. So I was always in books, always reading, got deep into the Encyclopedia Britannica. 
Um, later on, other individuals that influenced me was uh, an accounting professor named Alex Ampadu. He was uh, a professor from Ghana, funny enough, and uh, he always uh, he pushed me. He pushed me very, very hard. Um, he, he was one of the few professors who actually gave me, he gave me one of my first C's, and then in front of a lot of his peers said that I was one of his top students. And I remember just looking at him like, how is that possible? And but I was like, I looked at it with a straight face. He's like, this is one of my top students I've ever had. And, uh, you know, it was just that kind of, those kind of individuals like him who always just drove into me that I could do better. I could be more, you know, they demanded excellence from me. Um, after that, um, there've been a lot of other individuals uh, first and foremost, I have to say, my, you know, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right now is my major influence. Uh, my faith is what leads me. Um, and now also some individual, my pastor that's uh, taken me on in this step season in my life where I'm shifting into mm-hmm. education. Um, he's been my guiding force and tra- encouraging me to go to take on the unknown because, you know, I'm going from um, a career that has steady income that's ever-growing and going to an area that's kind of not as steady or as known as before. A lot of people usually don't try to shift in that kind of way. But um, right. I've met great people like yourself. I've met other professors who have told me, you know, it's never too late to change. Don't listen to other people, you know, who have moved from different career paths to academia. And, um, you know, great people have been surrounding me lately. So I'm really happy to say that. Well, I appreciate your sharing that because, and it's also very noble what you're doing. Too often, there is the stigma, uh, several stigmas, if not stereotypes, about education, and that yes, mm-hmm. you don't enter the field, you know, for the for the pay, the high dollars, you know, the money mm-hmm. is, is not there, but the the enrichment that you'll get from the lives that you inspire, that makes every check that you receive so obsolete, because you're making that impact and you're contributing to society and making better individuals as a result in our world. And so I really salute you for wanting to go into this incredible work. As you know, I've done this for 20 years, and every day, yes, there are some good days and some bad days, but I still, I still have the same passion I, I had when I first started. I'm very glad to hear that you're considering um, a pathway into this career. So you, you mentioned here that you're going, you decided on this career move. You're not unhappy as an accountant. I don't get that impression. But there must be uh, something. Like, like, tell me, what is it that, you know, what, what is it that gets perhaps what may be missing, or what is it that you seek? Because you, you well, know where you know, you're going, but what is the yeah. interest for that change? Well, you know, I, I, um, let me, I, I painted a much, I guess, uh, nicer picture, actually, in the beginning. Let me clarify. It's that I, uh, accounting is a great field. It's a great field for many people. Uh, corporate accounting especially, but for me, um, I'm not into the minutia and level of just sitting there in front of a computer and not interacting with individuals. Um, it's that kind of um, atmosphere that I've been, you know, kind of in for the last couple of years. But I've found deep inside myself, I like interacting with people. I like working with people. I like helping people. And, you know, just reading numbers all day without having those numbers become something doesn't really appeal right. to me. I don't see that there's anything coming from it. And so working in various companies, getting paid pretty well quarter after quarter, month after month, asking myself, what's the point of all this besides just getting a bonus? Uh, I started to crave something. And um, a major, actually another influence in me that in my, my life was, I was uh, sitting in church one day right before I started corporate accounting. And mm-hmm. I remember we were ce- we were celebrating uh, academ- academics. So it was teachers, professors, mm-hmm. as they were coming in, getting ready for the fall semester. And I was mm-hmm. looking at them, and some kind of this powerful feeling came over me. They saying, like, I am one of them. And I don't know why it came over. It just said something like, you are one of them. And I, I kind of, like, wrote it off. I spoke to one of my professors, and she's like, you know what? I really think you should consider it. Uh, at the time, I was young, you know, not as uh, wise as I am now. Um, and I was right. just focused on, you know, financial wealth. Um, also, when I went into my MBA, um, mm-hmm. I was sitting in a financial analysis class, and I got into a rigorous debate with somebody from uh, Morgan Stanley, back and forth, back and forth, and they were very hardcore corporate. And as I was leaving the room, my professor chased me down, and he looked at me, and he said, Philip, have you ever considered teaching? And I was like, I was like, funny enough, I've 
you know, it's always been in the back of my mind, something I've been ignoring. He's like, I really think you should consider becoming, a, you know, a professor. It's, there's something about you that just, you know, it, come, it comes off of you. And I was like, wow, man. And this is coming from a very highly renowned financial professor, well-known from graduate from, like, UPenn, Yale. Mm-hmm. And from him to say that to me, I was just like, wow. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I really can, think you should consider coming back, uh, maybe following on getting a Ph.D. We would love to have you here at the mm-hmm. University of Miami. And so I remember when he said that, I called up my dad, and I was like, well, Dad, I, I think I want to do what you do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was like, uh, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I, I really think I want to do this. He's like, you know, it's not that, you know, he told me all the sides of it. It's, it's going to be tough, you know, you know, with the family and everything. But I was like, you know what? I'm tired of ignoring that, that feeling, that feeling that I believe God is pulling me continuously to do this, you know? And so that's wow. what's led me down this path now. But that's impressive. And you actually answered a question that is coming in from Lindsay here in Miami, Florida. Lindsay asked okay. the following, which is, what do your parents think of your career change or move? Oh, yes. Uh, so as I kind of alluded to, um, my, my father was a major influence in me kind of going into accounting. He, at a certain point in his career, he kind of got disgruntled because, um, as you know, there's financial upheavals in, in, in research and uh, money kind of got tough. And so my father didn't want me to go through the same process. So he said it would be a good idea maybe if you took a career path in corporate or in accounting. Um, mm-hmm. And so same with my mom. She had the same issues as a chemist. Times got really hard, especially after the bubble. Research was dwindling. So when I told them, you know what, I really think I want to go into the path that you guys actually chose, they kind of were like, kind of, uh, are you sure? You know, this is not, you, you have such a great career path right now. And I told them openly, I'm not very happy doing what I'm doing. Um, and no. I was honest about it. And they told me their side, but they're like, hey, if this is what you want to do, they'll support me. And so, you know, my father is, you know, hey, has basically tried to guide me. His, his belief is he wants me to push toward, toward the PhD side. Um, at this mm-hmm. moment, I am just, I'm just driven by the fact that I want to teach in, the, you know, the collegiate level. So maybe a PhD is in the future, but right now, whatever opportunity I can get, that's what I'm going for. But I know my parents are behind me and my family is too. That is awesome. And I want to say special yeah. shout out to the Louisa family. I mean, what phenomenal parents you have. And, and I don't know them, but I just yeah. want to say that. Yeah. For them to say that, it speaks volumes of who they are and, and how they've raised you. Folks, if you're listening to, if you're just joining us now here on Everyday Folks Video, you're listening to BJ, Billy Jones, and I'm here with Phila Louisa, accountant, educator, and mentor. If you'd like to speak to him or me, the call-in number is 347-539-5372. Again, the call-in number is 347-539-5372. And the email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolks with an S, listen, at gmail.com. I have two more questions that are coming in for you. This one comes in, Philip, from Lewis here in Miami, Florida. Lewis asks mm-hmm. the following question. He says, greetings, Philip. What do you hope to accomplish in South Florida that you weren't able to accomplish up north? Oh, that's a great question. I love that question because I get that a lot. People are like, you left New York and you came down to Florida? Um, yeah, <laughs> when I was, uh, when I was looking around, um, I was considering various places. I looked at LA, Atlanta, New York, all places well-established, well-renowned, you know, like Washington, DC. And, uh, I had been coming to Miami for vacational and I, I kind of just, well, of course, fell in love with the weather. I'm a warm weather individual, but something right. else that really got to me, especially when I joined the university of Miami, there is a culture of change that is occurring in, in Miami and in South Florida, especially that people are, are starting to recognize there are, there's a mixture of various different groups coming from South America, coming from other uh, countries around the world that are really starting to make this a staging uh, post for some major innovations, whether it be in technology, whether it be in art, whether it be in science. Uh, you know, we have some of the best universities here. We have some of the most intelligent individuals, and we are connected with some of the most, you know, leading, growing uh, international posts when it comes to South America and when it comes to the rest of uh, Latin America. 
So it, this right now, to me, is the greatest place to be in the United States. Um, I believe people are really underrated, you know, undervaluing the opportunities that are in South Florida. This is a place that you know you're you're not going to be handed you know opportunities on a platter. You have to make the opportunities when you come here. Right. And so to me, that really, really, really appeals to me because I don't want to go somewhere like we're in New York, where I become a small fish in a big pond, where you know the the situation, everything is already cut out for you, you know, you know, you can do well in New York, but you pretty much will just kind of sink in with everybody else. But here in South Florida, there's a, uh, the people that I've met have this kind of drive and this hunger to really make a major difference. And they've, I believe they've been ignored, but I believe South Florida is starting to have a major voice. It's been going on for a while and I'm really enjoying being a part of that voice. I'm now proud to be an adopted son of South Florida. You know, I'm New York uh, raised, but South Florida for me now is in my blood. I love it here. Wow. I just, I just want to add to that. You know, it's interesting. I'm a Miami native, born and raised here. And as much as I can say, and I said this on other episodes, I am sometimes very tired of my very own city. But just when I say that, <laughs> it's hard for me. You know, Phil, it's, it's very hard to pull me from here because this is my community. And I feel mm-hmm. that this is where my foundation was built, and why should I leave it? I, if I'm not part of the solution, I'm part of the problem, right? And so you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Miami is a beautiful place. and I mean, I'm not just talking Miami, South Florida. Even in Broward, I just this past two years started working in Broward at Broward College, and I will tell you, having worked at two of the major, two ma- three actually major institutions in America, Broward County is also a sleeping giant that's about to awaken. awaken. And there's so many opportunities. And just like you said, people often sit around and wait for something to be handed to them. You have to sometimes go out there and seize it, and you have to make Mm -hmm. it happen. So I really appreciate hearing you say that, which actually leads me to my next question, which is one that I ask to most guests, and I'd love to hear your take on it. What is your definition of success? Oh, okay. Um, well, to me, success has evolved. It used to be material, um, but I quickly have learned that that doesn't do much for you, uh, at least for me. I can speak for myself. So success for me is, is fulfilling the role I believe God has for me in his kingdom. Um, to me right now, that is engaging individuals, working with individuals. Um, lately, it's just been following kind of where my heart is and uh, connecting with individuals such as yourself. I've gotten connected with an individual uh, named uh, uh, Mr. Mr. William Dozier, who runs an academy Mm -hmm. called Urban Construction Craft Academy. I don't know if Michelle Mm -hmm. may have spoke to you before when she was on the show, Mm -hmm, um, where they're they're educating some underprivileged youth out there, and they're giving them an opportunity to actually grow in a construction field and into like also an architectural field. And I'm getting to work with these amazing young people and getting actually to put my, you know, this is where I, I'm actually getting to teach. I'm actually getting to work with individuals and I'm getting to feel the real joy of, par, you know, partaking in a movement where, you know, people are given education for free, but it's a lot of great talented educators and talented, you know, men and women that are coming together to make a difference here. And I'm, I believe that is the feeling of success that I'm enjoying more than anything is getting to give back getting to actually enjoy, you know, doing all this. I don't get paid for this. It's completely free. But right. every Friday, right. I put as much effort as I could if I was getting paid a million dollars. Wow. Wow. I love the way you just said that. And I think, yeah. you're, to me, it sounds like, and I, and I have to say this, it sounds like you're looking, you found your passion, and you've always been cultivating it without realizing it. And I cannot yeah. wait. I'm just putting a little plug for my dear colleague, Anike. I would love for you to have a follow-up on her show <laughs> because what you talk about is so much about finding your passion and, 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 and knowing who you are. And as a result, the denotation that you provide of success or any other um, vocabulary term that comes to mind, it'll be defined by that experience that you have already exhaust, exhausted. And so I, I think that you two would find there would be great benefit for you to connect. Okay, I sidetracked there, but I just had to plug that. Thank I you. Want to Thank ask you so much. You know, and, and all of this, as good as it sounds, though, Philip, you there has to be some fears. Because I know I've had fears. Oh. I made a career change a couple of years ago to leave a, a deanship and to go back into the classroom full time. And, yes, immediately the first immediate fear is it's a monetary fear. You're used to, at least for me, you get used to living at a certain financial status. 
Not that I was out there, you know, bawling or spinning lavishly, <laughs> but I was just yeah. saving and preserving. And I realized, and I'm being real, the 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 peanuts mm-hmm. aren't made in, in education. But I also realized mm-hmm. that my foundation started in the classroom, which is where the magic happens. And so there, I, I somehow overcame my fear. And I realized that it's not about that. It's about making that contribution and finding my own truth and working and operating in my own truth. So how do you cope with your fears in that regard? How do you keep them at bay and help them and, and keep them from prohibiting you from your goal? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this this happens every day. Uh, actually, yesterday, last night, I woke up, had one of those fears where I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Uh, you know, funny enough, right before the show. Um, there's that fear. I'm, I'm leaving a very cushy lifestyle, as you said, uh, where pretty much, um, I know a, a, a partner I'm the accounting for my work for was like, if you stay here, you could probably be a partner. And that's a right. you know, prestigious goal for most people. So it is very uh, scary because I'm walking into a situation where, um, there could be, you know, shaky, a shaky situation. I may not make it. But the fact is, every time I try to deviate from this, the pull is mm-hmm. so strong, and the feeling of being in the wrong place is such is so great that I can't ignore it. So even with them, however salary raises I get, it just feels uncomfortable when you're in the wrong position and when you're in the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the greatest thing that I've learned when it comes to battling these fears is connecting with the right kind of people. Um, I mentioned that there's, there's an individual in my life now, uh, his name is Pastor Mark, who he actually prefers to be called Brother Mark. Um, he has been such a great role model for me. Um, he has actually had a very similar uh, path. He was actually um, a publishing executive, moved from that, decided to become a pastor uh, about 20 years ago. I uh, just decided to leave, leave everything, leave a very comfortable wow. life and do the exact same thing. And he, uh, he was told he couldn't do this. Uh, he wasn't meant for this. He was an introvert like myself that he doesn't have that ability, but he has not refused to give up. And so God, by the grace of God, I've met up with individuals like him. I've met with people like yourself who just refuse to be, to allow what other people tell them to be their path. And that is such a revolutionary and just such a, a unique gift that I've been given is like all these individuals that I now need to be around me are surrounding me and they're carrying me. It's all you guys, everybody out there, they go like, Phil, don't give up, you know, don't give up, keep going because it's not just about us, but it's other people who look to us who say, Hey, if he can do it, if Dr. Jones can do it, if uh, Pastor Mark can do it, I can do it too. I can live the life that I want. And you know, I will get the money that I need to make the day. It's tough. You know, we're not going to have the BMWs and the Ferraris, but we're, you know, we'll, we'll be able to live comfortable lives, you know, and I, I I just have my faith in God and I know that's going to happen for me. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, I I feel that some people so often, they're so blinded by the monetary, um, by avarice, I should say, Mm -hmm. that they forget to keep their, to keep their focus on, on, on the quality of life. And I feel something, I, I'm not, there's nothing more valuable than that. And I always sit here, as you're speaking, I'm recalling and listening to your very words and recalling my very own um, journey. And I realized that it was all worth it, but what were the sacrifices about? And I guess those sacrifices have led me to here, because I know today in this hour what I did not know two or three years ago and who I am mm-hmm. today. And so I appreciate your standing in your light in that regard. Folks, you are tuning in now to BJ, and I am here speaking with Philip Louisa, who is just an incredible thinker. I call you an independent thinker, sir, because you are more than just a talented <laughs> or a mentor. I think you are a creator, creator, creator of great stuff, and you are truly, I mean, this bundle of potential that I am so glad to have connected with. If you'd like to speak to Philip or me, you may call us at 347-539-5372. Again, the call in is 347-539-5372, and you may inbox us or email us in our inbox with questions, comments, or requests at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. One more time, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And I actually have a couple questions. I have actually seven questions coming in now, Philip. Oh, so wow. folks, you are okay. listening. Thank you so much, and <laughs> thank you for your continuing. I can't wait to see what the analytics say today. I know over the past few, the past seven episodes, we have been uh, here on Everyday Folks, my show, 
we've had a consistent 1,300-plus listeners at a time, so I'm very grateful to hear what you're up to. Here's a couple, first question. This actually comes from Anike, my colleague. So Anike asked the following question. What is the best advice you have ever received, and did you follow it? Hmm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I have received a lot of great advice. Um, for the most part, I believe my best advice was my, one of my professors at UM, where he told me it's never too late to make a career change. It's never too mm-hmm. late to try something different. And uh, he used his own life as a testimony where he had gone from an economist to a professor to a, you know, a corporate executive back to being an academic again. Um, and he told me I made all these changes uh, after probably age of 40, and I don't live to regret any of it. He's like, you don't have to be just, you know, stuck in one role all your whole life. Um, so to me, it kind of allowed me to get out of that whole idea that, okay, just because I study this particular uh, field, that that, can, that should be my only focus, you know. So right. that that happened to be probably the most important um, lately that I received that I actually have been applying, um, you know, taking this chance right now. Um, so, yeah, I've been applying it, and I'm, I'm incredibly happy. You know, as you said, there's some difficult times, but I'm, I know I'm following the right path. Good for you. Wow. Here's another question coming in from Sydney from New York City, New York. Sydney writes, what would you say, Philip, has been your greatest challenge in your life? Oh, um, the greatest challenge. Naturally, I'm I'm introverted. Um, I'm I, you know I prefer to be the quiet one in the corner. Um, so my greatest challenge has been putting myself out there. Um, I'm always I'm, I'm I'm very fearful that I may say the wrong thing. That I'm you know I may not be able to uh, answer the right questions. Especially that now I decide to go teach. So. Um, when I go up there, I know at like Urban Construction Academy, I go up there and I'm scared that they may ask me some crazy questions. And they're, they're, they're smart guys, so they ask me some tough questions, especially in finance. And right. I sometimes catch myself going, oh, my God, I, I, uh, how am I going to answer that question? But just with faith, somehow it just happens. I answer the question correctly, or I just, I'm able to admit that I don't know. And that's been mm. the case I've learned. Like, to just say, I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you. But being honest and just saying, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so I have to say, when you say that you're introverted, I find that very hard to believe. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> <So> people think. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm being honest here because I'm listening to your, I mean, you're just such an impeccable speaker. And I, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, well, maybe, again, we are on radio, so people can't see <laughs> us per se. Yeah. But, yeah. but I will say, I, I just find that there's such a natural flow and ease to your nature and I find that could be very inviting like a campfire. So I can see how that could be beneficial <laughs> in the classroom. The students, they'll gravitate towards that. Trust me. <laughs> they will gravitate towards that. And, and to your comment regarding you know, the critics, you know, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock I teach a, I, I'll be teaching. I'm teaching two composition courses this summer. And I have 25 students. My classes are full always um, at 8 a.m. And I know that there are 25 sets of eyes that are looking at me, and there are critics mm-hmm. of every sort. And I, and I know that now at year 20, I'm entering year 21 this fall in this career. I realize it's not, it's not as scary, of course, as it used to be. In fact, I get very excited by the fact that I'm going to have that audience. But I will say that it could be overwhelming at times. But through practice and early connections to the classroom, um, it, it helps a great deal, whether you're shadowing, coming into other people's classes, be, serving as a guest speaker, because one of the things that people fail to realize when they're coming into education is that you are the stage on the stage. You really are. Mm-hmm. There's a combination of action on there. You are a counselor. You are a therapist, slash therapist. You are a creator, and you are a facilitator. And so as a result, it, I can see how it can be pressuring. But I say all that, you will do quite well. I feel you'll do very well with it. There are two more oh, questions. Thank you so much. The questions, the questions keep coming, and I thank you all. Um, this is a great, great show. I want to say there's a comment first. I want to read from Mark Hamilton, and he says, this is Mark. Tell Phil we are so proud of him. He is an incredible man. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Mark. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the, uh, my my mentor right there. He, he's gonna say, hey, "Don't call me mentor," but he, he knows I, I call him my mentor. Well, you know what? For a future show, I'd love to have you and Mr. Hamilton on the show, so we could have oh, that be conversation. A yeah. You know, that would be a really a, a special moment because so often we get to we meet and we talk about the people who've influenced us. But we should give that tribute or pay homage to those. Give them a moment. So the next time we have you back on the show. That may be a good little, a great treat to do so. Two other questions oh, are coming great. in. They're kind of loaded, so I'm going to see if I can feel the questions. The first question, okay. and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it pretty slowly. It's from Corey from Orlando, Florida. Corey writes the following, Philip. Here goes. Many could judge your decision for changing careers and leaving a good-paying job, but I won't. I work in Orlando at a major law firm. Though the money is great, I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all, but I'm trapped because I have a wife and kids who depend on my income to live. But you made a choice, Philip, to pursue your dream, which is brave. What is your advice to me to help me overcome my fears of venturing into the unknown? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a challenge. I myself was in a similar situation with, uh, you know, I have a son and um, I, I did have a fiancé. And it was a challenge in terms of, you know, making that decision because you are changing the financial uh, environment of the people who depend on you. Uh, And at times you can feel that maybe it is a bit selfish. But the thing is, um, I believe there, there can be small steps that can be taken in terms of, you know, moving in the direction that you want to go to. One is more, first is understanding where do you want to go? when you get a sort of clearer understanding of where you want to go, you connect with the right people who can put you in the right you know, places. Um, I have found that especially in individuals like ourselves in accounting in law and finance, the beauty of our profession actually allows us to kind of diversify ourselves. We don't really have to be stuck in one particular role. So even when we're trying to sort of, uh, move in a different direction, we can still kind uh-huh. of stay in a certain grounding and allow us to slowly move in that other role, you know, so that it can allow for a less dramatic shift, especially in income. I know, for instance, I know a lot of uh, lawyers who become professors also who become consultants, counselors, pastors, uh, who still maintain either like a consulting role and then they slowly uh-huh. shift into whichever role they want. So there's always still opportunities for you to have like a slower uh, you know, move to a different role. Well said. And I'll, I'll just add to that as well, um, Corey. Thank you for listening, and Philip's advice is right on. I'm just only going to add the following. I think sometimes when we – there is always the fear. Leaving a safety zone and a safety net is always scary. And greatness, it, it requires us to step out of those boundaries. And if you know who you are and what you want to do, you got to pursue it. But my first advice as well is to make sure you talk to your significant other. You do have a family. Yes, yeah. And it's important that they're on board as well. And I find that in my own life, because I too have a significant other, I have a life as well and with a family in that regard. Any chance, any, any step I make, I know it's not just one for me. And Philip just reiterated that so beautifully. You know, Corey, you do definitely want to make sure you're having open communication with your better half to make sure that you're all walking the same path in the same regard. And there's another question coming in, Philip. They're coming. And this is from Maria. Okay. Right here okay. in Miami, Florida. Hometown Maria, I appreciate your listening. And she writes, Phil, how is education in Tanzania different from America? Oh, wow. Um, well, education in Tanzania is based more of a, the British system. So, you know, there's primary, secondary school. And after that, of course, you know, different level of entry into colleges. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, in the United States, we have like the elementary system and junior high and high school system. And at times, actually, I remember I actually went to school in Tanzania for, uh, you know, two years, and it was very intense, actually. I was there in first and second grade, and I was just smacked, actually, because the the level of academic, rig, you know, how rigorous it was, was actually pretty up there. We were doing higher level mathematics when I was still, you know, just getting into lower level multiplication tables. 
And so I realized all around me that these kids were very, very smart and they, you know, they had to really, really push themselves. And actually I felt completely out of my element. And uh, I, I've learned, heard a lot of that when it comes to a lot of uh, kids who go to schools in country, you know, countries based off of the British system of learning, mm-hmm. uh, which can mm-hmm. be quite intense, actually. I know a lot of my cousins, they know more about U.S. history than I do. And I took an AP U.S. history course. And uh, I found that fascinating. It, it's just the, the, the demands there are a lot higher than I believe there are here. Good response. Good response. Yep. Jonathan from Tampa, Florida, Philip has a question for you as well. Jonathan writes okay. the following. What interests you about the education field? Hmm. Hmm. It's the chance to continue to learn for the rest of my life and to use that as a way to connect with individuals and to help them learn. I love learning. Like, I have a passion for learning like nothing else. It is like there's nothing that gives me such joy, just reading, 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 and sharing that and sharing that. I could sit in a library for hours and hours, and I believe in education – you basically get to do that for the rest of your life. And I get to talk to other individuals who have that same kind of like passion. You know, I can, I can sit around professors, students for hours. I love stepping onto a college campus and just feeling the vibe that's going on there and connecting with individuals and students. And I, I, there's, I don't know, there's no greater feeling. I know like some people like doctors who step into a hospital, they feel that joy. I have that feeling when I'm around, you know, fellow academics. Uh, it's just amazing. Any college campus to me is heaven. So. Wow. And I'll, I'll share, just listening to your dialogue, I think that you really relish in the fact that you can have an academic dialogue. And the beauty of being in, and at least for me, in post-secondary, and one of the things that I find is that I can always find my own personal interest. I try not to use my teaching as a, my pla- a platform to promote my own personal agenda. But instead, a, a means by which I want to promote the human experience, to discuss it, and surely to write about it, and to express our feelings about it. And so I find that there's, there is beauty in that to be able to engage, whether it be not only first with my students, but also with other professional peers. And they don't even have to come from my own background. Just being able to relate to them in that regard, it is very stimulating to be in a community of other learners like that. It's very motivating. There is another question coming in. The questions keep pouring okay. in, and I thank you all for oh. I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to do a shout out for some more calls or emails because we're coming down to the last quarter of the sh- uh, quarter hour quarter okay. of the show. Yeah. And so, those of you who are listening now, if you'd like to speak to me or to Philip Louisa, you may call us at three four seven five three nine five three seven two. Again, that is three four seven five three nine seven two, and you may continue to send your email comments, questions, and requests in at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And here it comes, Philip. This is from Robert from ATL, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. He asked the following. We all have those turning points in our lives when we need to make a decision and suffer from the fears of potential failure. How do you stay positive and true to who you are in the midst of this? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's always a tough one. I could say the main thing right now would be prayer, prayer, and prayer. Um, that has been the major turning point in my life. I, I, I hit a point where I realized I couldn't just depend on my own uh, power. I needed a power, you know, greater than myself. And to me, that was God. Um, and that has just been my main connection. And through God, he's connected me with people. It's amazing mm-hmm. how great it is when you turn to him, other people just come into your life and they just want to make your dream come true. Like people listen to what you're saying and people talk about it all the time, they're like, wow, wow. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying, but they're just like, wow, how do I help you? What can I do? What can I do? And I'm just like, how, why is this all of a sudden happening? All of a sudden, I just started just to like, like praying, just asking God, like, please send me somebody to help me. And they appear like yourself, Dr. Jones, just great individuals who just are just so purely beneficial. They just want to help out of the goodness of their heart. And I really appreciate that. It's a testament to the human spirit more than anything else. Mm. 
I, I, first of all, I, I respond. I add by saying thank you, Philip, for your kind words. And, you know, I, Robert, just to add to what Philip just said, I always believe, and I, Robert and I, we're, we're kindred spirits, you know. We have, you know, brothers from another mother, brothers, mother, mothers. So I think we walk the same, you know, spiritual and similar path. The one thing that I can say is, is this. You get what you put out into the universe. And so if you put out that love and that positive energy, it, it comes back to you. And that could be from a religious, you could take that from a religiosity context to any other personal belief systems that one may have. Whatever you put out there, it does come back to you. And I still feel if you're in the right place, you're in a, a new space that I think is so fascinating, and it's nice to watch. And, and I hope that you, with all honesty, I do hope you're chronicling all of this, that you're writing some of this stuff down. <laughs> yeah. It may make for a good reading, if not a documentary or a movie sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's the truth. Thank you, you so much. You never yeah. know. And I, I have a question for you, actually. So have you ever returned okay. back to Tanzania? When is the last time you were there? Oh, man, yes. Um, it was about like two or three years ago. I try to go back every three years. I love, I love my mother country. Um, I absolutely enjoy it. I love going back. I was actually, I, I left there when I was four. Uh, I went back mm-hmm. when I was like about six or seven. But like, there's just something so amazing about Tanzania. It's something so cool about being one from Africa and knowing, you know, I'm from Tanzania. I know my you know, tribal origins, getting to go back and talking to people who, you know, who know, people know me that I haven't talked to in like years, but they're just like, Hey, Philip. And I'm like, you've never seen me before. They're like, yeah, we know who you are, <laughs> you know? And it's just like this feeling of being back home, and I always say, encourage anybody who wants to please come visit us in Tanzania. It's such a beautiful country, it's a gorgeous country. We're more than just safaris. Uh, you know, we have just a beautiful culture, such amazing things to see. And uh, I just love, I love the country. And I'm always going to keep going back because it, it, it really fuels me. And there's such great opportunities I know for myself and for other people to help the country, uh, which is growing right now. We have, um, you know, new leadership. Uh, and we're now some, one of the fastest growing economies in Africa, and there's such great opportunities in Tanzania. Well, Tanzania, you're, the city in which you were born, um, there are there Dar es Salaam. It's on the coast. It's near the water, isn't it? Y- y- yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, and, I and, think and, that's and, why and, I've always had. A, go ahead. Oh, sorry. yeah, I was just saying, that's why I've always had a passion for being by beaches, uh, even in Long Island. Growing up by a beach uh, in you know South Florida, I've always have to be by the beach. Because I was because as I was thinking, I was you know looking because I don't have the map in front of me, but I was thinking to myself, I said, wait a minute, he must be near you're near the water, and if I'm not mm-hmm. not mistaken, and I'm trying to I'm jogging my own memory in terms of my geography, but the Congo is somewhere over there, not too far from you, but not close either, correct? Not too far. Yeah, so it's closer in the central. It's one of our neighboring countries. Um, uh, we we actually a lot of during the kind of upheavals that are occurring, a lot of the refugees were coming into Tanzania, uh, and we were supporting them at that time. That is so fascinating. I just wanted to say it is it's great to meet you and and to hear how how well because you did arrive to America very young, so you were able to acculture, acculturate fully to an American culture, but also still that your parents did a great job in making sure that you pay tribute and know from whence you come, so that way you have your, your culture roots are always ingrained within you. That's, that's well done, well done. Oh, there are two thank other you so much. I'm going, to, I'm going to continue reading the questions. The questions are flowing. And here's another one. It's a pretty loaded one. It's actually from Craig <laughs> from Orlando, Florida. Okay. So I'm going to read this one slowly, and if you need me to reread it, let me know, Phil, okay? okay? Craig writes the following. As a 31-year-old man who arrived in South Florida from Europe, I can relate to your international story. I've only been here for four years, and I'm trying to find my way into a career and life that would be more fulfilling. What types of community engagements or professional support groups are you a part of to help you accomplish your goals, Philip? Oh, um, well, one major thing, I want to connect one with my, my local church that I go to. That's been a major source of help. Um, also, through uh, Mr. William Dozier, who is also such an amazing mentor to me, he's connected me with the Miami-Dade uh, 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 Business Council, 
which is a group mm-hmm. of black business owners who get together and have been promoting one young business entrepreneurs and other individuals as they go. Um, there's various other business councils. I'm also part of the AICPA, which is the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, and, you know, and other mm-hmm. you know accounting um, basically groups that you know basically help us in understanding our roles outside of accounting, um, especially on the academic side too. So. I know South Florida in general, specifically and Florida, uh, there are a lot of various uh, professional organizations that allow us to kind of find a particular niche. Connecting with a lot of people also on Meetup has been incredibly helpful. These are various individuals that are really open to discussing whatever career path they're into, and they kind of want to bring you into their, their sphere of influence. And that's, that's always really beneficial when you're kind of trying to find yourself. It's just to kind of experiment, meet with different individuals. Mm-hmm. South Florida is a, a major business hub when it comes to commercial, you know, real estate. So if that's something that, that you may be interested in, that's something great to look into. Also tourism, of course. And uh, the international sphere is always an open thing, especially from Europe. Uh, that really, really would be beneficial here. Great. Hey, Philip, there's a comment coming in. It's actually a shout-out to you. Um, it's from Nicole. Okay. Um, it's a great show. Philip, your story is inspiring. Thank you so much. Very thank you for wow. listening, Nicole, and I'm sure Philip appreciates that as well. So, thank Philip, you. all these great things. Now, we know what's next. So I already know what's next for you, and this is the question that I like to – it signifies that our conversation is about to end, but definitely our interactions will continue. But I do want to ask it in a different way. My question to you is, what's next on the horizon for Philip as it pertains to his outlook on life? Hmm. That's a nice question. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm taking every day one day at a time. I'm really trying to learn for the first time to really enjoy it. Um, but what I truly believe what's next is continuing to give back what's been freely given to me. I want to give back all this love that I've been getting from everybody that I, I didn't appreciate before, but now I'm enjoying every minute of it. Um, looking forward to continuing to learn, continuing to have opportunities to work with individuals, continuing to grow and mentor young individuals, especially now in the culture that we live in. There's some struggles going on uh, with uh, people of my generation, uh, the millennials. We're kind of, we have an identity crisis, and I really want to be a part of helping not only myself, but other individuals finding their identity, finding opportunities to realize what they were meant to do, not just what they were told to do. Um, so to me, that's, that's my future. Uh, any way I can be a part of the solution, that's what I want to do. You know, Philip, I, I want to offer you and extend an invitation to you. The week of July 18th, each summer, okay. I run – on behalf of Broward College, I run um, the I'm the coordinator of the sum, the pre-college summer leadership institute for high school males, and the purpose mm-hmm. of this one week intensive program is to provide a an on ramp into uh, post secondary for high school boys, and these boys are coming from all of the public schools. They self identify and they register, and they come into the school for one week to the campus for one week at Broward College South for concurrent workshops rotating sessions, and we bring in a variety of speakers to come in, each about an hour's time to come in and inspire these young males. And we try to make it as interactive as possible. I'd love to invite you to come in one of those days during that week to come in for about an hour to speak to these young men and to give them some words of encouragement and to, to just provide your truth to them. So if you're, if you're oh, interested, definitely a conversation we can have offline. But I do want to extend that because I feel that you have so much to offer. And I think also it will benefit you as well because so often in, in higher education, yes, the, the magic does happen in the classroom. We're there to hire, professors are hired to teach first. We're also writing research. We're writing the textbook. But we also are responsible for connecting to the community and bringing it in. And so perhaps this could be a benefit for you and your own trajectory as you're moving forward and what you're trying to do. So I offer that to you, number one. And then secondly, I I just offer this advice as well, that life isn't a race, and I appreciate your acknowledging that and realizing that it was in your youth. You're young, you're supposed to be adventurous, but you're also supposed to be smart. And I feel that you know you would not have already walked this path if you didn't already have a sense of confidence 
and support, you know, from your religious belief also to your familial belief to make sure that where you're walking is okay because wherever you've gone, you've always been okay. Would you say that? And so that is, I think, operating that light, and it really works well for you. And I think the more people who are exposed to that, the more they'll want to be part of who, who you are and what you're about. Definitely. Oh, thank you so much. I think that would be such an amazing opportunity. I, I definitely will be following up with you on that. And there's one last question coming in, and it's from Reynaldo uh, okay. from Fort Lauderdale. Perhaps Reynaldo lives right next to you. <laughs> <Here's going. laughs> Pretty cool. Actually, oh, okay, this question is actually to me, and I'm reading it here. BJ, I listen to your show weekly and enjoy the conversations. How do you pick your guests, and how can I be a part? And what intrigues you to choose Philip? So this is a question for me. I have to say thank you for asking me the question, although the show is about (laughs) Philip. Thank you. No, it's about all of us. You know, I I have to say this. I'll answer it. It's three parts, so I'll break it down. So how do I pick my guests? It's very clear. It's simple. I try to find individuals who are captivating and, and, and just so special. And something somehow speaks to me to know that I'm picking the right person. So each week, I can't say that there's one guest I favor over another because they've all been so phenomenal. But I just go and I operate in that. And I always put out there, I believe, what the everyday folks' brand represents. It kind of captures that. And then how can you be a part? Well, you just already communicated with me now, Reynaldo, through email. So you're welcome to email me again, and we'll, I'll follow up with you discreetly. And then lastly, what intrigued me to choose Philip? And I'm sure, Philip, you'd like to know the answer to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? I just went on a whim. I like the way that Philip, because of the conversation we had and the mutual connection we have, I liked how he vibed and what he was about. And then actually it was Philip who actually asked me about the show. Remember that, Phil? You asked oh, yes, me about yes. it. And I said, hey, why not? <laughs> so here we are. And sometimes you have to go on those moments. If anyone's asking and willing to surrender themselves in this forum, they have to already come in with some other things, such as the ability to speak well, not being afraid of, of releasing their truth, and also being able to have fun. So if you're asking those kind of questions to be a part of forums like this, then it speaks volumes of who you are and what you already bring. So, Reynaldo, I thank you for that question, although I really wanted to focus with on field, but I really appreciate your love and interest in how I do my work behind the scenes, too. So, Phil, you know, I do want to take this time to say thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show, and you do know this is not the end of our connection. Oh, no. If you have any no. if you have any social media or any connections, I'll be placing them on my author page so that we can support and be team, team Philip for the years to come. Is there any final Thank advice you. or words you'd like to leave, leave with any of our yeah. listeners? Yeah, you know what? There was a quote that I, I found that actually really inspired me from Einstein. He says, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. And that has been really inspirational to me lately because I've kept thinking, this: I, why am I not good at this? Why am I not good at this? And I finally figured out because I'm not meant to be doing that. Mm. So uh, if everybody could take well, that as a bit, a bit of uh, knowledge. Well, I want to say, Philip, thank you so much for coming on the show. You do know I'm going to be in touch with you, so definitely we will be doing follow-ups with you. And perhaps we could probably work something out something out, and bring you on as a show of some sort. We'll talk about that uh-huh. offline, of course. Okay. Thank you so <laughs> much, Dr. Joe. Thank you. <laughs> I do want to say thank you so much, and I want you to enjoy your day, okay? You too. So, folks, thank you for listening to BJ Speaks, an interview with Philip Louisa. As you can see for the past hour, Philip is so special. I had an opportunity to engage with a powerful, engaging, inspiring young man who is not afraid to go out on a limb in order to discover who he is and where he'd like to go. And for those of you who've been emailing all of your comments, thank you for the love and continued support. It means a lot, not just to me, but also to our listeners, um, I mean to our, our, my guests rather. Our guests make all the difference. This is what makes everyday folks, the people who are willing to share their life stories. And so I thank you so much for tuning in. I just want to read a couple of Philippisms that were created today. If you're dealing with over, if you're trying to overcome fears, connecting to the right kind of people, and one of the most powerful lines he said, the chance to continue to learn for the rest of my life, 
That was the reason why he chose to go into the education field. And I find that he is so captivating and he's so wise for his youth and definitely someone who we definitely want to stay in touch. Tune in next Sunday at 3 p.m. for another exciting episode, and as well as this Saturday, April 28th, at 6 p.m. for Nikkei S, A Journey into Passion. Thank you for listening to the show. This is BJ signing out. Until next week. Take care.